Hi, I'm Debbie Howard. Hi, I'm Deb Harlow. We're friends, colleagues, business owners, and caregivers. And we are Women Who Care. We care about the wholeness of the caregiving journey. We care about it today, tomorrow, and on into the future. We care about creating a legacy that makes a difference. And we are Women Who Care. Hi, I'm Debbie Howard, and I'm here with my co-host, Deb Harlow. Hello, hello. And we're also here today with our guest, Marianne Sterling of LivePact, which builds technology to make caregivers' lives easier. Welcome, Marianne. Hi, Deb. Hi, Debbie. Let's, let me give you just a little bit about Marianne before we get started. Our guest today is a speaker, writer, and educator on the challenges of family caregiving and the promise of person-centered care and technology with a focus on Alzheimer's disease and dementia. Much of her inspiration comes from her personal experience over the past 20 years as a caregiver and healthcare advocate for three out of four of her parents and parents-in-law all of whom were diagnosed with dementia. Marianne works tirelessly to advocate for other families impacted by dementia, and you will often find her on Capitol Hill or speaking at healthcare events around the country. She is also a patient research partner and ambassador for the Patient-Centered Outcomes Research Institute, otherwise known as PCORI, bringing the voices of patients and family caregivers to medical research. If that's not enough, in addition to her role <laughs> as a Stanford Medicine X e-patient scholar, she also serves on the Global Patient and Family Advisory Board for the Barrel Institute, a global community committed to elevating the human experience in healthcare. Again, welcome, Marianne. We are so happy to have you with us here. It's today. so great to be here with you. Let's Ooh. see, I think. I think, the I think last... we need to take a breath because Marianne yes. has a bio that is such a power punch. We're like, woo, take a bow. I know. No, Marianne, <laughs> you are just out there. And I know oh. that and Deb knows that. And we appreciate what you do so much. Oh, yes. Thank you, guys. I'm going to tell you, we I... are kindred spirits, our group. <laughs> yes. That we are. I think the last time we all saw each other was in person and it was about it was about exactly one year ago at the fourth annual National Caregiving Conference in Chicago, which seems like a million years ago now. <laughs> and, and I know at the time, Marianne, you created and led a series of workshops over the course of the three days, and you focused on the many different aspects of advocacy. Um, and I know this is a very, it's a, it's a big topic, and we, we, have such a short time, but um, I'm hoping that our listeners will read more on this once we they get the crib notes right now. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the topics you addressed last year and specifically what can we do as individuals to help push for change? Oh, I'd be happy to. So uh, that series of workshops was focused on advocacy and how family caregivers uh, can be advocates 
uh, across a variety of different domains that could be health policy, health research, maybe even healthcare delivery, uh, a little something for everybody. Now, we, we focused on family caregivers specifically because many of them don't realize the importance of their voices and the importance of them being at the table, whether that's speaking to elected officials on Capitol Hill, uh, that may be uh, in a, on a work group or committee uh, for uh, organizations like the Barrel Institute, like PCORI, or advocating for improved delivery uh, of healthcare. Uh, and let's not forget medical research. Uh, it's so important for family caregiver voices to be at the table as we transform all of these areas of healthcare. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, so true. So, so true. And, and even I, I know that I had not even thought about many of those areas, Marianne, you know, as, as, a, as a person, even in the space, of course, I learned that from you uh, early on about five years ago, but um, I've always been so impressed with how involved you are in all those different aspects. Uh, one of the areas that Deb and I are focusing on these days is encouraging companies to help their working caregivers, because that seems to be another missing piece of the puzzle. And I wonder if you know of anything in particular that companies can do or asked for that would ultimately end up helping caregivers? Oh, there are lots of things that uh, companies can do. Um, I want to focus on two of those today because they're really top of mind for me. Uh, we've probably all heard over the past few years uh, the uh, sort of the uh, battle over paid family leave. Okay, that legislation is uh-huh. actively moving around on Capitol Hill right now and will continue to do so post election. And I encourage family caregivers hey, you may not be aware of it. This may be the first time you're hearing about it, but uh, do a little research. And there are many ways uh, that you can help support this type of legislation. Hey, call your legislators, call your congressmen, your two senators, and talk to your local officials and state legislators as well about paid family leave, because that is so important for family caregivers moving forward. We haven't had that up till now, and I'm here to tell you it's past Mm -hmm. time. Now, in addition to that, uh, please follow the work of the RAISE Family Caregiving Advisory Council and their work to develop a national family caregiving strategy. Oh, and something else that is um, way past due. Um, This follows in the footsteps of um, the signing of the uh, RAISE uh, Family Caregiver Act, Uh, And the uh, advisory council uh, was put into place after that legislation was signed. And they are actively right now uh, conducting public meetings. uh, And you can you can listen in. You can follow along with their work. And I think companies are wise to do this because um, the the impact, what's going to come out of that advisory council and their recommendations are going to impact those same companies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. So that's great. Yeah. That's great advice, Marianne. And we will get some uh, 
maybe we can get some links from you and we can share those with our listeners in the show notes so that people can easily absolutely that would be fantastic yeah as a follow-up you know mayor you know, Marianne, I'm so glad that you brought up also the the Family Leave Act and being able to have that support because um, there's so much that needs to be done in that area because families are often forced between getting a paycheck to pay the bills and leaving a family member on their own without care. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's such a challenging decision to make. I know going on 20 years ago, I was an, I had an accident. And I was going to be on disability for a while away from work. And I needed somebody to come provide for me because I couldn't drive. I couldn't go do anything. And I needed to get to the doctors daily for lab work. And my mom needed to take the Family Medical Leave Act, take some time off to come take care of me. But the time went so quickly that it was gone before we noticed it. And she had to go back to work. Mm -hmm. And I remember just my mom feeling devastated that here she's leaving me at that point, you know, I'm a grown adult living on my own, but I'm still her daughter. And she was having to leave me alone without being able to drive or get to the doctors because it was go to work to get the money that you need to pay your bills or stay with your daughter and potentially lose your job. Mm -hmm. It was such a horrible, horrible feeling. And I'm sure there's many, 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 many families that face that for a variety of reasons. That's a wonderful point. And and I will tell you, those of us in the Alzheimer's community, we know this problem in spades. Um, In my case, uh, over 20 years as a caregiver for, again, multiple parents with dementia and other chronic conditions, and it was a constant struggle to figure out uh, you know, how can I balance uh, work and caregiving? And yeah. I will tell you, um, even though I worked for organizations that were, you know, on the at the beginning, they were very understanding. OK, but as time wore on and my caregiving responsibilities yes. increased and I had to take more time away from work, that understanding really, um, uh, really wore out. <laughs> and yes. Th- this yes. is a constant yeah. struggle for well, caregivers. And, and if you look at the percentage of caregivers who are in the workplace, we are in the majority. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Three quarters of yeah. all caregivers are full-time workers in addition to their caregiving responsibilities. Right. You know, what's interesting about the company role in this is that the uh, allowances that are available, the information that's available, the programs that are available, they approach support for the caregiver as a sprint versus a marathon. Right. So, and you alluded to this, Marianne, and that at the beginning, of course, everybody's really trying to rally and provide support. And then you get into the crux of it. And a lot of these caregiving scenarios are not a short duration. Mm -hmm. So how do we as individuals, how do we as communities, how do we as companies, how do we as legislations and whole governments start having these conversations around caregiving as a marathon? Mm -hmm. And it's going to evolve along the way. So how do we evolve as communities and individuals to really support everyone involved? Because there is a way we just have to there approach is, it There is, and I think that, that um, uh, the short answer to that, probably not the easiest one, but um, we need to take a step back and look at caregiving um, in its different forms. Um, and what I mean by that is probably step one is to recognize that we have some situations that require long duration, high intensity caregiving. 
Okay. So those situations typically mm-hmm. you'll find uh, in the Alzheimer's and dementia community. Okay. Um, uh, parents who have chronically ill children uh, and our uh, wounded veterans who sometimes require decades of yes. care. Mm-hmm. So you can look at those three scenarios and right away you've identified, um, you know, the majority of the folks who have the highest intensity, longest duration caregiving. And we know we're going to have to come up with a different caregiving uh, plan of action for them as our employees than those who have a shorter duration caregiving situation. You know, maybe you have a, a spouse who had surgery, maybe they require you to be, uh, you know, have some uh, caregiving responsibilities for several weeks, maybe even several months. But that is entirely mm-hmm. different scenario than those of us who are looking at decades, uh, so long duration and, and high intensity caregiving. And, and right. I think if we start to yes. um, uh, not lump caregiving uh, together as it's one thing, but look at it, um, it you know, from a, from a different viewpoint, we can we can start to identify the nuances and better address each type of caregiving uh, as you know a, as employers, um, as communities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So, Caregivers are not monolithic. Yeah, <laughs> There's a journey that is unique to every single yeah. family and to every single illness and to every single scenario. So beautifully said, as always, Marianne. So thinking into the future, Marianne, um, what are the top three changes or actions you would like to see from our government and society thinking about the needs of family caregivers? Well, I think I just mentioned one. <laughs> Let's look, yep. pay special <laughs> attention to our caregivers who fit under uh, long duration, high intensity caregiving. Uh, and recognize, yep. number two, recognize that family caregivers are the fabric of our healthcare system, okay? We are, mm. when you think about it, guys, we are the front lines of caregiving. That's us, family caregiving, front lines of caregiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that, mm-hmm. that recognition mm-hmm. and acceptance, societal acceptance uh, and um, recognition by the healthcare system itself would go a long way. And last mm-hmm. but not least, uh, mm-hmm. we need a national infrastructure for caregivers, a national we have our highway mm-hmm. uh, infrastructure for transportation. We've got our um, um, uh, electrical grid, right? So everyone has electricity. Uh, we don't have an infrastructure uh, for caregivers, and we desperately need one of those. I am hopeful, fingers crossed, that our friends uh, on the raise. Uh, Family Caregiving Advisory Council are going to go down that path. So that's another reason I mentioned that earlier. Um, I I think this is the time uh, to propose a more structured um, infrastructure for our nation's caregivers. I love that. Mm. Uh, We certainly, certainly do need that. I mean, it is, it is just, I think the situation with COVID has really shown us uh, just how 
challenging the situation is. It was already challenging and we yes, all yeah. knew that and we've been working on it, but I think everybody can see it now. Right. I, well, if nothing else, this year has certainly put a spotlight on the places that already existed and now there's like no hiding from it. <laughs> so right. uh, the, the missing of the infrastructure. And I will say, because I do come from a background of studying in nursing and I have a lot of friends who are nurses, there is much more conversation this year about that dialogue in saying um, we could not even remotely do the work we do if it wasn't for the front line of family members, mm -hmm. of individuals in the home providing care, because we're already seeing that our medical systems are being overly taxed by what we're dealing with in the middle of the pandemic. Right. And they're acknowledging, we know that there's a lot of people who are in the midst of the pandemic and they're just providing care for themselves at home. So um, for better or worse, this year has certainly put a spotlight on some of those conversations. And, and look forefront. at right. the challenges that is presented for family caregivers, just COVID. Um, uh -huh. Think about what it's done to our caregivers. Uh -huh. um, if family caregivers are afraid to go out of their home to, to um, the grocery yes. store, to the pharmacy, uh, fearful that they may bring the virus back to the people they care for. Mm -hmm. um, right. And, you know, conversely, those that may have had uh, help in their homes, be it from home health care, visiting nurse, mm -hmm. et cetera. Uh, it's so, at one point earlier this spring, a lot of that came to a screeching halt. Uh, but, even now, yes. uh, families are rethinking that because, again, they are afraid that someone coming from outside their home may bring the virus in. So we've made this, you know, the pandemic yeah. has made caregiving um, exponentially more difficult. And, and I'll conclude that thought by yes. saying um, it breaks my heart to hear the stories of caregivers who cannot get to their loved ones in our nursing homes and mm -hmm. hospitals. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, unfortunately, um, in my situation, uh, we had two out of our three parents who had dementia uh, were in uh, long-term care facilities um, closer to the end of their lives. But I can't imagine uh, the stress of not being able to get to them. Uh, because remember, yes. family caregivers, by the way, we're right. not visitors. We are care team members. We are critical yes. members of the yes. care team. Yes. I don't yes. care if my loved one's here at home, in a hospital, in a nursing home. And that's everybody, but particularly those of us who care for our loved ones experiencing, experiencing cognitive decline, like Alzheimer's and, and forms of dementia, autism. Yes. Okay, our loved ones, yeah. they, they, they don't understand mm -hmm. what's going on. They don't understand why we're not there. Uh, right. Their entire yes. universe has been turned upside mm -hmm. down. And to me, this was unnecessary to a certain extent. You know, uh, if, if for those of us who have, we're primary caregivers for someone in a nursing home, okay, take my temperature, uh, uh, load me up with PPE and let me to my loved one's bedside um, to make mm -hmm. your mm -hmm. lives as as uh, healthcare providers uh, better <laughs> and 
uh, the life of my loved one who doesn't understand what's going on and is isolated. Help make that better. Yes. That is so, it's so yeah. heartbreaking about the patients who are there. It is. Who really don't know what's going on and can't understand why their loved ones aren't coming to visit them at some level. It's just yeah. it so is. And although my family is not in that yeah. situation at this point, yeah. we, are, we are relieved that we're not in that situation because um, I, I really, I, I don't know how I could have dealt with that as a caregiver in the moment. Right. Yes. But yeah. there are so many yes. people struggling with that now. Uh, it's just, there really, are. Really yeah, tough. most definitely. Yeah. Well, let's, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about your work at Live Pact, Marianne. Um, I've seen your app for caregivers and it is great. And I know our listeners would be interested in hearing. Oh, thanks, that. Debbie. I appreciate that. Um, what we're trying to do at Live Pact is build technology uh, that helps make caregiving easier. So uh, something to help you coordinate care, uh, aggregate uh, medical records in one place, um, help you to find mm -hmm. informational resources and services uh, and have those at your fingertips. Uh, not to mention taking care of yourself as a caregiver. So that is what we're doing with technology. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're, we're really excited. We have a couple of um, wonderful partnerships um, that are going on with um, disease-specific nonprofit organizations uh, to customize and tailor what we do uh, to different diseases. So we're very with oh, yes and and um, as of now it's uh, going very well um, and we're we couldn't be more excited especially at a time when um, uh, taking care of yourself has turned into something that you do uh, electronically <laughs> we you know we can't go to doctor's <laughs> offices like we like we used to nothing is normal uh, like that anymore mm -hmm. so we're trying to people, you know, <laughs> this is the moment. If you were ever going to try uh, a, um, a a platform that helps you care for yourself and coordinate care for, for others, uh, now is probably a good time during a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I, love, yes. I love the idea that you can consolidate medical records and share them with other family members who may not be as close proximity wise to you. And I, I remember one thing I was really impressed with, with your, uh, with your uh, system is the resource guide that is part of it, that is constantly growing. And yes, it's, it's one of the favorite things of mine about our platform. You know, as a uh, caregiver myself for multiple decades, I was so frustrated. I, I couldn't find things that I needed. Couldn't find information, couldn't find mm. services and resources. Um, it just seemed to be a hodgepodge. And all I had were piles of paper with phone numbers on them, you know. Um, we have turned that on its head and said, all right, you can search on our platform by your zip code, for example. Uh, maybe you're looking for uh, home health services. Hey, maybe you're looking for uh, pet services, uh, whatever that may be. We're trying to make the entire uh, journey of caregiving easier. 
So find that information, find those services and resources in your community, maybe at the, uh, the um, national level. You know, we have a lot of, uh, we feature a lot of services and resources that are available to everybody, no matter where you live in our country. Mm-hmm. And that is, as Debbie pointed oh. out, continually growing and expanding. Um, and and we're, we're really excited. We think that by itself, will make a caregiver's life so much easier. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Because it it often happens so suddenly that we are thrown into the caregiving situation. And then, you know, I, I know if I had even, I didn't have time to look for things actually. Right. You know, thing, things I did. And I'm a researcher and I was, I was really pretty aggressive about finding what we needed in our family. But still to have it all curated in one place like that as a starting point is, is just fabulous. It it's is. Such a great, Thanks. And great the idea. It makes I'm just going to say that the, the idea is to get your family involved. Okay. It, and that yes. was the, yes. when we started down this path with this technology, uh, the idea was let's get primary caregivers some help. Uh, Friends, families, neighbors, mm. even uh, professional caregivers uh, and, and healthcare professionals, they can work together on this platform as a team. So everybody can be up to date with the same information in the same spot at the same time. That's yes. huge. Yes. I mean, I just from personal it experience, is. I don't know how many times I've had to retext or re-message or no, that's not the right thing she wanted or, <laughs> you know, whatever it is in the conversation, especially in my situation, because I'm a long distance caregiver to family members. So I'm managing the, I would say the 10,000 foot view from afar and, and trying to pull all those pieces together um, and maybe not always knowing the resources that are in my mom's zip code versus mine. Exactly. That's huge. I mean, that's, it's, it's yeah. monumental what you have created. Oh, I love thank this. Thank you guys. Uh, again, we're so excited and um, yes. you know, we encourage everyone to stop by our website, take a look. You can sign up for free. Um, you know, g- give it a try. Well, I know what yes, my mom's going to be getting as a call for me. <laughs> hey, mom, there's a new app we're going to be adding. It's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. And for, for our listeners, we'll make sure that you have the information of how to join. Yes. Pact. Again, Marianne has generously offered that you can use it. You can create an account and use it for free. So we would love to see people try it and, uh, and, and let Marianne Perfect. know what you think of it. Yes, we will definitely include all of that in the show notes, Marianne. You definitely gave us some some information to share that I know our listeners will enjoy. Wonderful. Yes, yes. So so back to your own personal caregiving experience, Marianne. I, I know that in addition to your direct experience with caregiving for family members with dementia, you also lost your cousin recently to cancer. Um, and, and I know that your experience left you with a burning desire to change the status quo. And we'd love to hear about your new directions in this area. You know, you're right, Debbie. I I lost a cousin to cancer and um, sadly, um, about a week ago, found out that a dear friend of mine also now diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, You guys know near and dear to my heart because my mother was a 42 year breast cancer survivor. So 
That's right. This, this oh, wow. is the other thing but mm. besides Alzheimer's and dementia that's really Gosh. hit my universe hard. And um, I, I will tell you, when my yes. cousin passed away, um, I, I promised her, uh, I saw her before she, she passed, and I promised her that I would do everything I could to help find better treatments, uh, if not a cure, uh, for breast cancer. So that said, you're right. I'm, I'm, I've kind of accelerated the, the work that I do in, in many ways. And a lot of that is on the research uh, side of the house. So you mentioned uh, I'm an ambassador and patient research partner with PCORI. And for people who aren't so familiar with PCORI, um, they came uh, about as uh, part of the um, Obamacare, believe it or not, the Affordable Care Act was where PCORI began. Okay. So for the past mm -hmm. 10 years, my friends at PCORI uh, have been um, uh, including patients and family caregivers at the table to help transform research. Now, PCORI does kind of a different kind wow. of research called comparative effectiveness research. And that may sound like a mouthful, and it is, but the idea um, uh, focus research on things that are important to patients and their families, okay, important to us. Uh, and um, it, it, they've been uh, amazingly successful in this, and I've so enjoyed working with them. Um, I, I've served in several capacities with PCORI, one of which um, I just wrapped up um, a um, a project. I was actually on the data and safety monitoring board for falls prevention study. Okay. Falls prevention. And oh, you may wow. be thinking to yourself, well, huh? <laughs> well, my mom actually fell seven times, seven major falls. She broke 13 bones. Oh my gosh. And yeah, it, oh, just wow. horrible. And my friends at PCORI remembered this and they called me and said, uh, Marianne, you know, we, we have a study uh, that, that is looking for a patient or caregiver representative on their DSMB, that data and safety monitoring board. Would you like to do it? And me, who never says no to anything, said, sure. Uh, that was an amazing adventure into the inner workings of a clinical trial. And um, uh, the, the, the beauty of it, um, my role was just as important. You know, I was an equal to everybody else on that board. Okay. Uh, re researchers, doctors, everyone on that board was on equal footing. And the beauty of it, I was often able to point out some real world uh, scenarios um, that researchers and uh, everyone involved in the study may not have thought of, if that makes sense. You know, because mm. yes. we have a perspective. Yes. It's a little different, but it often adds color and, and flavor uh, and um, um, it just fabric to uh, those kinds of discussions. And, um, I, you know, that's one example, um, but... It, that's a specific example with PCORI, but some of the other work that I do uh, is wrapped around uh, the Alzheimer's community and the cancer community. And um, I, I'm waiting on exciting news in November. 
Um, I have a grant mm -hmm. submission at the National Institutes of Health, NIH, that is being reviewed in November. Um, so I don't know yet uh, if they'll say yes or no. Um, <laughs> um, I'm excited to say that I am the principal investigator uh, on that effort. And um, my organization, LivePAC, has partnered with Indiana University, their Alzheimer's uh, research team, and um, a small tech company called Illuminate Health. And this team, uh, we are waiting uh, patiently on a notification oh. of our grant submission. Um, and specifically, uh, we're going to study the impact of our technology, of the LivePact platform, uh, and how it can um, make caregiving easier for Alzheimer's caregivers. So Ooh. exciting work. Mm. And uh, again, just a couple of examples of what I'm doing. And guess what? As a caregiver, any caregiver can do this stuff, okay? Really, mm. any caregiver can be right. at the table, uh, involved. They can uh, be participating in, um, advising on, or leading research. Uh, it is doable. Um, and and I, I want to encourage uh, uh, caregivers to, um, you know, whether you're caregiving now, perhaps you're a former caregiver like I am, use that knowledge and that experience to um, help transform uh, research or the uh, delivery of healthcare to improve the quality of care for the people you care for. Your voice is so, so important. Oh, Marianne, thank you so much. I have chills with what you're saying. Just, I know. You know, I, I know. Seriously, I'm, my I have chills and my brain is buzzing yes. right now. I'm like, okay, I need to follow up with Marianne because I've got like three people who need to go get on some panels. I'm, I'm so, <laughs> so excited with all that you're sharing with us. And and it really is opening new ideas and doors, like Deb says, about what how mm -hmm. we could get involved. And and as a as a consumer, a market consumer market researcher myself, I could so see the value of normal people, normal caregivers being on these boards and having yes. a voice. Because it, otherwise it's just theory and philosophy. But, you know, we... Well, the lived experience is invaluable. Absolutely. The, the literal lived experience of somebody sitting in front of you who's the perfect avatar saying, well, this is what it looks like boots on the yes. ground. <laughs> so the textbook, the theories, the laws, the, you know, the other things are supportive and there's science behind them. And then there's, this is what actually happens in the day to day. Um, that is so invaluable. And I just, it brings me great joy to know that Marianne, you're the example that it, it does happen, yes. right? That someone can come in as someone and be respected as an equal in the conversation it was so rewarding to hear that you shared mm -hmm. that. So I really appreciate you speaking into that mm -hmm. because sometimes we can share our voice, but we're not looked at as part of the mix. It's like, oh, you're just the, the daughter who cares, you know, or you're the, it's like, I'm the doctor, you're the daughter who cares. It's like, no, I'm the one who's on the ground dealing with this day in and day out. Yeah. <laughs> so my voice does matter. And so I loved being able to hear that you said 
um, that it was a collaborative experience that everybody was respected as having well, and Deb, I think another point too um, that a, a little bit of a nuanced point here is that caregivers like so many others don't think they can make a difference you know they don't see themselves making a difference mm. well just a quick example there um there's a group of us who have worked for better than 20 years on Capitol Hill uh, visiting our elected officials and um, uh, asking for more increased research funding for NIH for Alzheimer's disease. And I can tell you when this journey started, uh, Alzheimer's disease, remember now the sixth leading cause of death, okay, sixth when when this journey started for me uh and uh, again there's a, a fairly um, tight-knit group of us who've been down this path um probably i'll say 15 years ago now um funding at nih for alzheimer's disease was about 400 million dollars four to 450 million dollars okay today thanks to so many people who have uh, taken the time, made the effort to talk to their elected officials and tell their stories on Capitol Hill in their uh, local communities at district offices um, for their elected officials. Uh, that funding is now um, knocking on the door of $3 billion per year. So we went from 450 million Wow. $3 billion a year in Alzheimer's research. That is amazing and fabulous. And, and that's that's not, um, how do I want to say, that wasn't just something that Congress did, okay? <laughs> that, required, mm. that required right. years <laughs> of people sticking mm. with it and saying, no, the status quo is not mm. good enough. Sixth leading cause mm. of death. We deserve right. to have... Uh, uh, a focus, mm -hmm. a research focus that is funded at the levels of cancer, heart disease, and in mm -hmm. other major mm -hmm. uh, killers of Americans, because Alzheimer's is a major killer of Americans. So mm -hmm. it, it it feels, in mm -hmm. hindsight now, it feels so good um, to say, you know, I think I made a difference. And at the time, in the moment, uh, I didn't think that, you know, I didn't think that every time I walked onto Capitol yeah. Hill or visited uh, the district offices of my elected officials. But now I can, I can say that work paid uh, off, not in the moment, uh, but now looking back, I can see it clearly. And I think that's the message that caregivers need to hear. You know, it, it may take mm -hmm. a lot of work, but you can, yeah. you will make a difference. You right. just have to stick with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just right. love that. Yeah. We're right back to the marathon, not the yes. sprint. <laughs> we, we are in this marathon together at every stage. And you're right. I love you are the living embodiment of that the work does yes. pay off. Um, because we just need to rally together. Well, and, I would and say, you guys, distance. that it's it's about it's about your mission as a human being and the impact that a disease like Alzheimer's has had on my family. 
you know, um, you can you can do one of two things the way I see it. Uh, you can crumble, right? You can give up or you can put a stake uh-huh. in the ground and say, uh, this disease is not going to define me. I'm going to kick it in the butt. You know, yes. I, I knew yes. yep. going into it that I could not change the end result for my family. I knew that. I knew there was going to be no cure tomorrow, you know, that would help my family in the moment. Hmm. But I knew that it might help other families not have to suffer through what ours had gone through. So that of it, yes. you know, that part of it is my right. own personal therapy in all of this. You know, it, it goes without yes. saying that I think most people yeah. are this way, you know, they feel helpless, but if uh-huh. they take command of the situation in that way and say, I'm going to fight, you know, I, I am going to be an advocate, I'm going to fight, then it, it gives you the power to move forward. Uh, no matter what your caregiving situation is. Right. Yes. You right. you are just such an inspiration. That's, that's humanity <laughs> at its best. <laughs> I know. Well, oh, if, we, gosh. if we create one new advocate yeah. who has listened to this, then we've done good. That's right. That's right. Well, we're, yes. gonna, we're going to spread yes. this information as well, Marianne. So I think it's a great lesson for yes. all of us to think about what can we what what we can do and and how to speak up, how to get involved, right. even if it's just writing a letter to your congressperson. Uh, there are things that we can do. Yeah. And I think Deb and I will uh, definitely have some great ideas after this since since I've had about uh, 30 minutes worth of chills. So, you know, that's uh, just... I was going to say, my poor brain is like firing at all cylinders right now. being like, okay, there's 30 to-dos that are now on my list. I'll be texting Marianne later. And we're going to have plenty of follow-up show notes for the the podcast listeners about all the ways that we can show up and care, ultimately. No matter where you're at, what stage you're at, what your health needs are, what your capacity um, to show up and serve is there is a way that each of us can make a difference by showing mm-hmm. up and caring. And it's just really refreshing to be able to know somebody like you, Marianne, because um, you've provided it with all of these ideas that each of us can really find something that we can take away as an actionable item. Oh, great. Today. Then my work and here I'm is really, done. really grateful for that. <laughs> Yes, yes, except except not quite because we want to hear about your new life in 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 uh, oh, Colorado. Okay, so how long do you have? Um, well, uh, you know, as long as you know, I am, I am a very happy uh, new resident of the great state of Colorado, and I will say, um, my husband and I have been dreaming about this for years, uh, we couldn't make the change because of our caregiving responsibilities, uh, first and foremost. So um, sadly, those responsibilities, uh, for the most part, ended last year, uh, when the last of our three parents who had dementia passed away. Um, And it it took a little while for us to get our act together. But we decided that um, one of the things that we enjoy most is being in the great outdoors. And we have done some hiking in Colorado in years past. Uh, We just love it here and decided to make it permanent. So 
Um, that said, I, I can't say enough. So I, I'm so excited to be here. Um, our only challenge, uh, like many across the country are experiencing, is climate change. Colorado has had a lot of big wildfires this summer. Um, and so when we first arrived here on September 7th, we pulled into the driveway and we could barely see our house for the smoke. Okay. So that was a little daunting, but um, I'm happy to say um, one big snowstorm later, a lot of those fires are now under control, but uh, it's, it's a lesson that we have to continue to be vigilant when it comes to climate change. Mm. Yes, mm. yes. Well, we are so excited for your new life there in Colorado and so excited to reconnect with you, Marianne. And I think um, I think we're going to start wrapping things up. We did really well on time, but I know you have so much to share with us. So we'll have to do a, a, a second <laughs> one in the future. Absolutely. And we'll focus on my favorite hiking trails for caregivers, okay? Ooh. Oh yes, yes, because I've seen I've seen Beautiful. some of your fabulous photography yeah. from your hikes. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, definitely for our listeners, we'll make sure uh, to include a lot of the links and, and resources and information that Marianne has to share. Uh, and again, thank you, Marianne, for generously offering that people can sign up for free to test out your app. I know my mom and I will be out there playing on it soon. Uh -huh. She's not aware of that yet, but I'm going to let her know. <laughs> so that is coming. I'll be also pinging my husband and my cousins on the shoulder on that one too. <laughs> so we'll get in there and uh, check that out. So thank oh, you so much for uh, sharing that with the community. And, and yes. And thank you so much yes. for joining us today. You know, I've been blessed to know you for a handful of years and grateful for uh, the friendship that's been developing and just the inspiration that you share. And um, in moments like this, it's, yeah, um, I'm just yes. continuing to be amazed at how many gems that you share well, and in particular thanks. with our community Let today. Me, so you thank you. I, and anything you want, I'm yes, here for you. Yes. Okay. Oh, thank you so much. I love that. I love that. Kindred yes. sisters here. <laughs> And, you know, Debbie and I, um, as women who care, we have throughout our journeys, uh, individually and collectively, we've really come to the deep, 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 deep awareness that self-care has to be priority one. It has to be top of the list. And it's something that we regularly talk about with the community. It's what we talk even with just the two of us over a cup of tea. <laughs> and um, it's something that we really want to be able to impress upon our guests and so what we've been doing is we've been asking um, the guests to share with the community one easy self-care tip that they could take away. So we'd love to know well, what's an, an obvious self-care self tip, tip like to share. for me is outdoor exercise, getting that fresh air. It doesn't matter whether you walk, uh, run, hike, bike, stroll, uh, get out there and get some fresh air. For me, it really helps to clear my head and um, uh, it, it just gives me um, an inner strength. Uh, Mother Nature tends to do that. So get outside and get some of that fresh air and some exercise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, mm. that one is so valuable. <laughs> oh my goodness, yes, thank you. And thank you so much for being a woman who cares, Marianne. Oh, thank the you guys, thank you so much. It's just been a pleasure to be guys. with you today. Thank you.
Okay, caregiving community, thank you so much for tuning in to Women Who Care. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate, review, subscribe, follow, and share. You can also connect with us over on Instagram. Until next time. Hi, I'm Debbie Howard. Hi, I'm Deb Harlow. We are friends, colleagues, business owners, and caregivers. We envision a future where caring is not only normalized, but where it's also honored and celebrated. Please join us in making this possible. And we are Women Women Who Care. Care.